All right. I'm recording for In the Heights. Um, All right. I don't think my wife, I can't see her because it's dark in here. She would probably walk past and say, be nice, because we watched this last night. Uh, oh, there she is. <laughs> be nice, Mike. Have, I'm be nice. start In the Heights. Do you have any comments? No? Did you like the movie? Pretty well. Well, she's hedging a little pretty bit. Pretty well. Okay. That's all right. That I'll take pretty well. Did you like Cruella? I already told our listeners that you did. Is that fine? Yes. Okay. Fair. That was fair. <laughs> yeah, that was more exciting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Both too long is my consistent uh, theme. <laughs> Up on Washington Heights, up at the break of day, I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the brake at the crack of dawn, sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all, good morning. Ice cold piragua, palchachina, cherry, strawberry, and just for today, I got my mate. Oye, piragüero, como esta? Como siempre, señor Usnavi. Ice cold piragua, palchachina. I am Usnavi, and you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Exacerbated by the fact that my syntax is highly complicated Cause I immigrated from the single greatest little place in the Caribbean Dominican Republic, I love it, Jesus I'm jealous of it And beyond that, ever since my folks passed on I haven't gone back God damn, I gotta get on now Uh, this one though, I watched... Uh, I HBO Max. Um, I don't know if that's a disservice to this type of thing or not. Uh, at times, I could see that it might be because it's a. Uh, uh, let me start nice. Ninety-six percent from the critics, ninety-five percent from audiences. I take that back. I said I was going to start nice. That's way too high. But now I'll say something nice. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's a gorgeous-looking movie. It's very nice to look at. Yes. Um, and. I, I, is that like an expectation of a musical, well, I guess, of a certain budget that it's got to look great? Um, I mean, it depends what you mean by look great, right? Like, I think the difference between this and something like, say, I think the last huge budget musical was probably Les Mis um, that uh, <laughs> okay. Tom Hooper right. directed. And that's like in the grime, in the muck. Like, there's high production yeah. value, but it's not a movie I'd be like, oh, this looks so nice. Like, it's so pretty. No. This no. is from, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, the director of Crazy Rich Asians, right? I would say the aesthetic is similar and that it's very slick. Oh yeah. Uh, It appears to have all the money on screen. It's got a, the the color palette is something that's very appealing. Like both this and crazy rich Asians, uh, not for being a visual effect spectacles. I don't think, I I don't know, you know, if there's some sort of weird, no (laughs) Peter Jackson, like all the dancers were like, you know, computer models or anything in the pool. I don't know if there's something like that. Um, But both films would in the olden days, uh, sell some televisions at Best Buy because it's it's something that will grab your eye. Yes. Um, so there's there's a nicety. Uh, the lead character uh, did not get my nerves. Uh, I oh, okay. understood his particular plot because he seems <laughs> driven by sexual desire as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go live on a beach mm-hmm. or hook up with this girl I've had a crush on for a long time. I understand the hook and the premise. Yeah. I do not understand the unless we're going back to a point I've made in earlier episodes, especially with the new release stuff we're covering. Uh, the just with open arms embrace of this movie as great, a modern classic uh, until the inevitable Twitter backlash, which maybe you can you can touch on. <laughs> God, it happened so quickly. Because <laughs> one thing I heard about this, even from 
really kind reviews, and now I think I can sort of speak to it, is I don't think there's, for a musical, there's not like the, the killer song. There's not like, so you mentioned Les Mis. Mm. So you, that one, when they're marketing that, they really hung their hat on like Anne Hathaway's like performance. Like, right. And I feel like that was her Oscar clip as well. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to Rent, which I saw Scott Mendelson compare this not in content, but in box office saying this is a failure like Rent was 15 mm-hmm. years ago or whatever. Um, Rent, even though the uncultured, uncultured bumpkin that I am, uh, nowhere near Broadway. I knew some of the songs from Rent before there was ever a movie. This I had no idea what it was, and having watched it just last night, there's not, there's still not a song that sticks. I was asking my wife that. I'm like, isn't that weird for a musical that I kind of liked at times, even though it's far too long. Uh, that even as soon as it goes to credits, there was not something that was stuck in my head. And I'm wondering if that's mm-hmm. part of the commercial failure of this movie is it just does not have that one killer hook to it. It also doesn't have a hook as far as plot or premise really, other than it's a, right. a hang movie in a way. Yes. Um, so you asked a number of questions. One of them. Did I sound, sound um, as nice as I could in that? I was trying to sound. Yeah, yeah, measured. no, I think, okay. no. I think you're coming across very All measured. Right. Don't worry, you're good. Um, and this is from someone who loves this movie. Yeah. I don't understand um, that either. I explain am... yourself, basically. That should have been should have been a question. It should have been Dave. Explain yourself. <laughs> yes. So I also am very surprised at the critical reaction and the supposed audience reaction. Though we have joked about this, but I do truly believe this that the audience reaction would not be as high if a lot of people had seen this. Oh. Um, <laughs> Like, I think I think this catered to the people who wanted to watch this, right? Who are either um, fans of Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, fans of musicals, things like that. And that I include myself in that camp. And we also talked about how this was kind of Lin-Manuel Miranda's chance to make this movie because his more recent musical, you know, exploded, right? Hamilton made all of the money in the world that it could, so now he had the cachet to make this. I don't think this movie ever gets made. Owned by Disney, as it was always going to be. Right? Yes. Yep, yep. And I I don't think this this movie ever gets made if Hamilton, you know, didn't blow up like that. So I think you're right that it doesn't have that one song. It doesn't have that hook for people to be like, oh, I love that song from Rent. Like whether the song from Rent is Take Me or Leave Me or One Song Glory or whatever it may be. That's like, oh yeah, that's the one I really like. This is a musical more conversational in style. And I I like that you termed it kind of a hangout movie because that is really what Mm -hmm. it is. Like all of these characters have hopes and dreams. The kind of opening song kind of talks about that. Like you could, you know, you could step on a dream everywhere you walk in this town because everybody's got it. But it is very very much a ground level story right it's a you know the 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 lead's choice as you mentioned is either to be with this girl that he clearly loves or yeah move to a beach but also like move back to the dominican republic where his father's uh like storefront is destroyed and he's got to rebuild it like this is not just like oh i'm gonna retire rich to the dominican republic like these are you know relatively small in comparison to musicals musicals tend to be broad and big and huge and this doesn't really have that pull and that's actually something i really like about it and i really like the music but it's it's more of like it's like a two hour and 22 minute song that kind of has peaks and valleys as opposed to like here's our single here's what Mm -hmm. we're hanging our hat on right so and again i'm so shocked 
also at the critical reaction to this because there are times in film history where the musical has been denigrated, right? It's like, ah, oh, well, it's just a musical. And I don't know why this one got so attached to the critics and got that like 96% because every time a musical comes out, I'm always like, okay, I don't have to pay attention to anything anyone says because like it's a very specific genre and it's something I really like and something I was raised with. So I kind of know the components of it and I know the things that annoy other people don't annoy me at all. So I like actually like the things that tend to get on other people's nerves. So I actually got a little bit worried when this got that great of a response. I'm like, well, maybe it actually sucks. Maybe it's not very good. And I do wonder, you know, how much of this response is that it's just so nice to see a musical on screen with people who aren't your stereotypical white folks on screen. Because most musicals that make it to the big screen are very white shows. Um, Rent aside, right? You have stuff like, you know, stuff like Les Mis is the big one, right? It's like set in the French Revolution. So it's like, it's enough distance from our real world to throw us into that fantasy. But it's also faces that the general public is ready to accept. So this dives in to kind of the ethnicity of the show and the energy of it is very Latino. Like there's no way around it, right? So I was a little bit worried when this came out, but, and you also mentioned this idea of like not seeing it on the big screen. And I think any musical is going to be better on the big screen. It's designed for that drastic size. And there's a particular number late in the movie where two of our characters, the screen kind of flips and they're kind of walking up the sides of the building, which is absolutely stunning and gorgeous and so much better on the big screen than it is at home. Because I watched it again uh, on HBO Max when I went home the next day just to kind of see what the differences were. Uh, my only real complaint about this movie um, is kind of a halfway complaint. There's like maybe two scenes where John Chu decides like, I'm going to be like a real director here. I'm going to throw in some stuff and I'm going to make it not just me follow up my camera following these people. But it's like it's it almost feels like it was an afterthought. There's there's a sequence where they're all three walking to the pool and they're kind of talking trash to each other. Then all of a sudden there's all this like extra stuff on the screen. And I kept wondering, like, where was the where was that? the rest of the movie. Mm. But I do really like what he did with the musical numbers and the kind of the wide shots, like that scene at the pool specifically. It like, it looks like, yeah, it's a musical, but it also looks like old Hollywood mm. stuff. Um, and I really like the direction of that sequence. And I think all the lead characters are really good. They did what Les Mis didn't and actually cast people who can sing. Uh, there's no Russell Crowe in this movie where you're like, oh, he was to bring in the money. No stars. Though, uh, so... no, the, you gotta have, <laughs> I know and that's look, I it's a little unfair because, you know, Hollywood is not generally in the business of uh, making non-white faces into movie stars. So you do mm-hmm. have to start somewhere. And right. Rent, Rent tried it, I guess, with the Rosario Dawson was the new member. Like, here's right. a face you recognize, and then the original cast, um, which I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know. The, I actually did watch about 40 minutes of Rent just because – um, I did want some example in mind uh, when Scott Mendelson brought it up as far as uh-huh. – because there are differences. Rent was something that was known. This, not so much. Uh, we, we were sitting right. together watching, I think, that damn Billy Crystal movie, and there was a trailer for In the Heights. And I'm like, what is this? And you're like, oh, you know, it's you know, <laughs> pre-Hamilton, whatever. And I'm like, ah. And, of course, I, I spoke for the American audience or just, ah, just wave yes, your hand away. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Rent, having watched 40 minutes of it, uh, you know, Rosero Dawson did not save that, uh, that film. Uh, using the original cast did not save it. If they were trying to honor, like, hey, 
Yes, it's. I think at that point it was like over a decade later, maybe just over a decade when the film came out. A little late. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they're trying to honor the original cast, but uh, that did not have uh, any sort of like uh, coin with the general public as far as like, oh, cool, and I'll go see it. Uh, I think Hamilton on Disney Plus may be a closer approximation to where it was. Now, also, that was last summer, so everyone's at home, pandemic. But yep. that, because it was just a film version of uh the I, I believe it was the original cast right it was like they were trying yep, to capture that time um uh, that felt more like if you wanted to see what hamilton was because you'll never get a chance again uh i don't think rent succeeded if that's what they were tempting with a feature film version with the right. original cast well i think rent there were kind of two two errors um one being that it was so long after it originally came out like you know hamilton it was like when that premiered on disney plus like that show is still selling out on broadway that is still like people are still talking about it right rent was huge when it finally got to broadway because it like started off Mm -hmm. small and then built and built and built um and it's so much longer after that that like anyone uh who'd wanted to see rent probably saw it they not they went to new york and saw it but there were like broadway touring casts like you could see it if you wanted to the other thing that is kind of a mistake is like for because the people are going to see that are the people that love rent already right all the theater heads they're gonna be like i'm gonna go see the film version it's gonna be great and not to get too into the weeds but they did something with that where they changed kind of the cadence of the of the music they slowed it down a little bit so like people who are fans of how the music was like you watch it and you're kind of it feels a little bit stunted because you're like this isn't as quick as it was things aren't on the top of each other and they tried to remove some of the more musically uh elements oh, thank god there <laughs> yeah this is probably why you liked it more because in the in the stage version everything is right. sung. every bit of uh conversation the phone messages those are i mean it is a musical with a capital m and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, here's a phone message that someone is speaking, like a normal there, there's person. There's still elements of that. So. Like there, there are some awkward, like awkward deliveries in the movie that feels like Kevin Smith wrote these long paragraphs. They're delivered as if they're just a sentence. Um, there, there's a sequence in there where uh, they're, I think, uh, is it Anthony Rapp? Is that the actor's name? Um, it's from Days to oh, Confuse. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would know him from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he was on Star Trek yes. something or another now. Um, and the guy that plays, um, you know, the one song Glory, dude, is it Roger? I can't remember mm-hmm. the characters. I don't know the actor. Roger. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Yeah. See? All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my rent head stripes in 2021. Worth nothing about <laughs> as much as having a movie podcast. Uh, but anyway, they're attacking Tay Diggs, the man, who that's the one I agree with, of course. Tay Diggs, uh, the sellout. Benny. And he's, uh-huh. he's Tay Diggs uh-huh. as well. Uh and they, there's a line about uh, watching It's a Wonderful Life on TV is like the end point. I'm like, whoa. State of the art digital virtual interactive studio. I'll forgo your rent and on paper guarantee that you can stay here for free if you do me one small favor. What? Convince Maureen to cancel her protest. Why not just get an injunction or call the cops? Yeah, I did, and they're on standby. But my investors would rather I handle this quietly. You can't quietly wipe out an entire tent city than watch It's a Wonderful Life on TV. You want to produce films and write songs? You need somewhere to do it. It's what we used to dream about. Think twice before you poo-poo it. You'll see, boy. 
that was a lot, man. I was like, and it's, it takes you out of it uh, because that is, <laughs> as you're saying, the sing yeah. dialogue delivery thing that they do drop. Right. Uh, I don't. I didn't have any problems with that in in the Heights. There's a little bit of it, like especially in the okay. the opening where this dude's yeah. going through his day to day sort of like you know the the, the fridge is broken, this mm. uh, bodega that he runs, and he's got the the walled art, the 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 painting of the Dominican and all this, and he's just sort of introducing himself in his world. Uh, and yes, when you have to work in, hey, the milk's gone bad. Um, some of those lines don't really, <laughs> they're not a natural fit for a song. I didn't think that it stumbled at all right. like Rent did, and I guess in that transition. Um, I did feel like, and my, my wife was getting on to me about this, that the trappings of what works on the stage, like, cause I think the transition to mm-hmm. a film is this, this looks like a big spectacle movie. It doesn't look like something they had to struggle with. Like, mm-hmm. like a rent at times looks like they're struggling with, Oh, these people are poor and they like live in these like giant warehouses. How can we dress this up without stepping over the line of losing the essence of the characters and their plight here? Uh, in the Heights, right. I think there's some right. criticism of that. That's like, you know, this, these are, are people that are, uh, it's part of the plot are struggling financially, but it's filmed as a spectacle. I didn't have that sort of disconnect. I didn't feel like that was a, a failing of the filmmakers, but I, I, I did right. feel that there's too many fucking characters for me. Like at a certain point, like I, I from what I read, mm. it's more of a, not a two hander, but there's two love stories that are the focus on stage. Yeah. And in the movie, I kept feeling like, why, why am I seeing two relationships here? When it's like, I, I care about one, and then about this guy because it's a it's a rom com staple. Like oh I'm maybe now we're falling for each other, but I'm getting ready to move. They have the ticking time clock, time clock element, and then right. the daughter that comes back from Stanford and Jimmy Smith's that whole dynamic. But then the other dude that mm-hmm. works for Jimmy Smith's and is into his daughter, I kept wondering why are we spending time on this because I don't understand mm. the the tension or lack thereof. And then I read that apparently there was tension that they removed for the film where the, the father disagrees with this romance, but instead it just feels right. like, well, it seems like everyone's cool with this. So what, why? Like there's no, there's no dramatic heft to this particular romance. Why are we focusing on it? It feels like they just didn't want to cut certain songs, but when you remove some of the context, it makes me wonder why am I spending time right. on this? When we have other people where the, sure. their, their love is going to be lost or stamped out. Like that's, that's the dramatic heft of it. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, you brought up this idea that it doesn't quite have the same thing as Rent where you feel like, eh, they're trying to dress this up and it doesn't really fit. Like, as someone who has seen both of these shows on stage, like, Rent is basically just mm. an empty stage, right? And there's, like, a trash can in the middle on fire mm. for their warmth, and that's kind of it, right? And it's just people, like, people are knocking off, off stage and coming on, so it's, like, just, it's mm. very bare. Um, whereas In the Heights is something that's trying to make you feel like you're a part of this neighborhood. Right. So I feel like you need all of that extra that you get here. Um, so I think that's really helpful. Um, and, and I think for me, the, the love stories worked fine enough. Like the love story that you're talking about that you didn't really engage in uh, with with Benny, uh, played by Corey Hawkins uh, and Jimmy Smith's what, daughter. What, like what that. It's the, definitely the, lesser the character name here. I don't understand. Yeah, this. I know. The 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 one the one lead black yes, character in Benny. either of those shows mm-hmm. is named Benny for some reason I don't know why, um, but yeah. But I also think like you know I was watching Anthony Ramos in this who I have seen perform before because he was the understudy for Lin Manuel 
uh, in um, uh, in his most recent show in Hamilton. So I've seen bits of him before. And you just look at him and you're like, yeah, if you wanted to, you could be a star. Like he's got that whatever it is. But he seems much more focused on his like music career as opposed to his film career. He's releasing like an, an album for some reason that like who buys albums anymore. I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> I feel like uh, everything's on streaming. Just, so like, okay, like, go, to movies, say, Dave go to movies, go to movies, man. Offer some strangely like fatherly advice here. Like, mm, no, no, let's stick to the, the lead acting roles. You're good. You're good here. <laughs> stick here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think all of that stuff really works. And yet I think they're all kind of outshone by the woman who plays Abuela Claudia in this movie. Like, I think she's I had, tremendous. Uh, like, she's had, so good. I was torn on, on her. Um, um, okay. And then I end up reading more. Like, it's funny. Some of the stuff, I'm like, I don't know about that. And then I read I'm like, oh, that was kind of altered. That was kind of changed. So she has this really cool, like, song that's, like, you know, basically her her, her death rattle, in a way, which uh, apparently... Yeah, and her life story. in the mm-hmm. uh, stage production was not in that context. Uh, it, was, it was her... No actually sort of comparing like the life she had before and the life she has now in this neighborhood, which mirrors what's going on uh, with the Anthony Ramos character as far as his decision to, to leave, to go back to, but he's going back to a place that he doesn't really remember. And I'm grateful that another character actually points out, like you have this idyllic sort of childhood memory of what it was. Yeah. (laughs) You were eight. You you don't have like an adult (laughs) sensibility of like what it would actually be to, to live there. And you're abandoning, abandoning this home and all these relationships you have uh, here. Uh, but I felt like it was like there's this like really sort of beautiful moment where she it's predicated on this blackout, which is you know anything that's coming from like Broadway. There's already sort of an inside baseball element to it, where like the general public like mm. I've not seen any of this of this shit, and so like this one in particular <laughs> right. is about a specific neighborhood, which is fine because I, I think as I mentioned like the hangout quality of it, you can sort of place yourself there. Because you can see your friends in these situations, maybe not in that specific neighborhood, but you understand what it feels like to whatever community you come from. But they have this this mm-hmm. ticking clock of the blackout that they keep mentioning, and so this came out originally like a couple years after like this blackout in New York, and so you're getting very hyper specific right. to a thing which uh, Rent, I think Rent had a different thing. Rent, you know, had the had AIDS, which it was already touching on, you know something that had been happening for 15 years before this thing exploded the mid nineties as, as far as rent. But then the movie comes out and unfortunately like there's, I think there was like a, the, the team America thing. I feel like they had a song, which I've never seen team America mm-hmm. cause I'm not a huge like South park kind of guy, but uh, I think one of their bits was everyone has AIDS and it's like, so by the time rent yep. comes out, they're po- poking fun at it as if it wasn't topical. <laughs> even though at the time that it was written, it was right. Uh, in the Heights doesn't have that broad problem, but it has a very hyper specific thing where they keep mentioning this blackout. And I'm like, what, what, why, what is this? Why are we talking about this blackout? That's going to happen. What's, and so they're priming you for this moment where the, you know, the community comes together and then it's going to fracture uh, right. spoiler alert with, with her, her passing. But she's looking at her family together in that room, and she has this look on her face, and it's like, oh, you know, and my, my wife's laying next to me. She's like, uh, Abuela's going to go, isn't she? And I'm like, yeah, I think I think they're preparing you for mm-hmm. that. But then we have a song, yes. and I'm like, it, it's I don't know. It sort of robbed it for me just in that moment. I didn't have any problem with the song itself, mm. but I like that moment so much right. where it's like she just looks at her family and then it just goes away like that. And But it's stretched out. So would you like it better if that moment is after the song? Yes. 
right? You get yeah. the song and then yep. she has that like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. I th- The thing that was impactful for me about that sequence is, you know, the, you know, you have this old idea uh, for people of you know, people who are dying, like, okay, I'm ready to go, right? This is my time. And I think that's what you get by the end of that, that number. And then what you usually don't have, but you have here is the impact of that. That like, yeah, she was ready to go. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, she held this community together. And I think Anthony Ramos Usnavi, his, his response when she passes is it's heart wrenching. Like you can see it all over his face. It's not a like, it's not this like tearing out your hair, scream to the heavens. It's just like, I can't believe this Mm. integral piece to all our lives is gone. And they build that into the movie beforehand. Like, you know, as she's introduced, like, oh, that's not really my abuela, but like she's, she's Mm -hmm. adopted us all like this entire neighborhood that's struggling. So when she's gone, it's, you know, it's, it's a killer. Like it's for everybody. It really kind of destroys. it, It makes me wonder like, what would that character have done if she hadn't passed? Like, would he have stayed? Would he have gone? Right. Like, cause you just, that is a, you know, cause she talked about like, he wanted to bring her with him. And then it's like, well, I won't go without you, without your cousin. And then it's like, okay, now he won't go. So now she's got to stay. So it's like, he's not only tearing himself away from all these other people, but also from basically another mother, like someone who took care of him. And it's, so that moment when she passes and everyone else is kind of thrown up to a heaval just in that moment to call the ambulance and all that stuff. It's like, to me, is probably the emotional center of the movie, and it kind of leads to all. There, there's a bunch of stuff in kind of the last half of the movie where everyone is really, really depressed until that kind of ad hoc, you know, you know, party in the streets, which is another great sequence in this movie. Um, but up until then, everyone's like, "Well, I guess everything is just fucked. Like he's leaving, we're leaving, she's dead. Like, ugh. so you really need that energy that this movie has, and I think that's the. To me, that's the best part about this movie. That just has like it just has like a pumping heart throughout the entire film. Like there is a passion behind it. There is like a propulsion to it that a lot of times, and I think I would argue that you wouldn't get in a musical that had that one big number, right? Because in musicals with that one big number, everything builds to it, and then everything after it is like getting back to where normalcy is. And this doesn't have that. It's just like life. It just kind of continues, and it has peaks, and it has valleys, and I think this captures the energy of that neighborhood um, really, really well. Um, so that's what kind of keeps me into it as, as you move forward. But I think for the the standard viewer, a person who's not like really into musicals, there is an ache for that one moment, that one, like, what can I, what, what am I going to go home humming? Well, like, what is it's the not one a, not song a musical, that I can really but, go uh, You know, our, our main dude here, uh, Anthony Ramos was in A Star is Born. I don't remember who it was in the Bradley Cooper Star is Born, but that's mm. one of the, uh, the credits he's got, uh, his, uh, known for, mm-hmm. um, uh, this, this, I don't know if this just has been updated or it's further insult to, to in the Heights and it's box office disaster, but has not yet made it on his known for, uh, along with Hamilton, <laughs> Honest Thief, Godzilla, Godzilla did. Uh, King of the Monsters and, uh, Honest Thief uh, with Liam Neeson. Yet another another Liam Neeson movie with him and a right. gun threatening people, um, but not this. <laughs> uh, I I feel like you're kind of <laughs> you're probably like the executive in the room uh, that's unfortunately fired. You're like, no, no, this is a good thing because it doesn't have the one hit. Yeah. I'm thinking of like A Star Is Born. I still <laughs> hear that song. Yeah, she's still here. Yep. Look, it's a little mm-hmm. unfair because Lady Gaga. I mean, say what you want uh, about uh, Lin-Manuel here, but 
not not Lady Gaga, right? Like that's a, that is a a pop star. No, uh, no, he's very yeah. successful, obviously. Uh, so it's a little unfair because she was gonna you know lend some sort of credence to like, oh, this is the next Lady Gaga song from this movie that she's also in. Right. But that song right. is still fucking mm-hmm. playing on the on the radio. It's still uh you know if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm out picking up food or something. Just I don't know under what context I don't know what station I don't know what sort of Spotify list they're playing. There it is, shallow. So, so you always you have mm-hmm. that one hook, and it's like it it brings people back to the movie or it sells it. And I feel like with that film, didn't they? The whole trailer mm-hmm. was designed around that. Um, yep. Yep. And I mean, you bring up actually a good point as far as like a consistency in the the vibe, I guess, of of this uh, this film. But man. It's like this thing has just not. It's like even like I have one like non-splat, uh, uh, you know, a review that unfortunately when I try to click on it, it's asking me to subscribe to the Financial Times, whatever that is. Uh, don't think I would normally go to them for my movie review. So yeah, in this context, news, probably yeah, not gonna right. get that subscription. Uh, Danny Lee uh, says uh, they don't make them like this anymore. Truly, for just a second. Even those among you who won't be seeing this anyway might wish they did. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? Like that? <laughs> oh, that's the very people threatening. who won't be seeing this anyway, you'll wish that you did. And it's like, why? Like that's it's it's available. It's like there is a, like that's a separate subject, right. but there is, and this is why I try not to to take too much from film Twitter. There is an abrasive quality to things that you must embrace because I don't think. In the Heights, yes, yes, is an easy sell necessarily. For one, it's a musical, which I, I don't, you know, you have stuff like La La Land, which has a huge Oscar push, but it also has movie stars that you know, not only movie stars, but it has uh, two stars have, that have been a successful rom com where you've seen them together before, mm-hmm. and you want to see that pairing again. Um, and they're white, and they're white, and also, you know, look. <laughs> um, La La Land, as far as I know, was financially successful and got the awards recognition. Uh, it won Best Picture for 30 seconds and then, <laughs> then lost it. Yes, for a moment there. Uh, but yep. I you know, I won't say that I've ever heard anyone bring up La La Land that I like work with or anything. Just out and about. Unless you're talking about like the Oscar race or something like that. I've never heard someone say, hey, have you seen La La Land? Like, so... I want to be fair as far as what is successful in that realm. Not this, this clearly has not been successful. Like apparently it's not been successful on HBO max. It doesn't have movie stars yet, but it also, you know, I do think that's a failing on the not having that one key song to at least having someone say, Hey, mm. what is that from? Or who sings this? And then maybe you get them to check it out. Right. Um, but man, film Twitter has just, they have been all manner of defensive about this thing. It's going to be a success. Uh, okay, it's not going to be a success opening weekend, but it's going to have legs. Okay, it didn't have legs, and you people are to blame for it. You people <laughs> like this review who didn't see it and have no skin in the game, have no thoughts on it. It's just something that just doesn't have any sort of marketable appeal yeah, to most, I, most people. Yeah, I find myself wondering why that is the thought process. Because, I don't know, maybe I'm too much of a realist when it comes to things that I really like. Um, like I'm not a person who like loves musicals and I'm like, well, everyone right. loves this. It's amazing. I'm like, I watch it and go like, yeah, that was a good time out for Dave. Uh, but I don't expect <laughs> another podcast else coming to soon. rush a out good to time see out this. for Dave <laughs> yes. with guests. That's right. Only movies, <laughs> a 
only movies I like. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I find it really strange. And I mean, film Twitter is strange just in general because, you know, you had briefly mentioned this, but there's been this like weird backlash to this movie, even among people who either like it or you would maybe expect to like it. Because um, I guess the backlash is like, yes, it's great that we have Latino and Latina representation on screen in this. But for people who live in this area, um, there is also a distinct lack of black faces in this movie. Um, and there are many black Latinos and Latinas. Um, so you can't use the excuse of like, well, this is about... This is about Latinos, so we don't need that here in this neighborhood. So, you know, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't feel like I am the person to to speak on that for sure. But I have the reaction of like, maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing white faces on screen is like, I'm just so happy to get anything that's not that, that I'm like, I'm, I'm very pleased with this. Like, is there, as always, is there more work to do? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say... Lin-Manuel Miranda has had the very, it's a very political reaction, but probably the best and smartest reaction of just like, he's interviewed about it. He's like, well, I'm learning and I'm listening to what people are saying and I'm going to try to do better. Um, so that, that is the kind of the tack he's taken, which is really smart. But I, I bet there's a, at least a small part of him is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm getting, I'm getting shit for this. Yeah, like, there was a, who was just, the, the actress that was on Colbert? Yeah, Rita Moreno. I mean, Rita Moreno probably. She, uh, you know, I think she came as close to saying, uh, "It's probably what you're, you're you're sort of implying that maybe the thought process would be, or at least a passing thought." Which is, I think her comment, which got a lot of uh, heat, was, uh, "Is basically, can they just wait? Can they just wait to Chris?" Which <laughs> I kind of understand in the sense of, okay, is is the movie good? First off, you're struggling to get any eyeballs on this. This thing is a financial disaster, and like even in the streaming era. No one's paying attention to it except it's the you know was it the villain of the week of of Twitter it was the villain of the week for mm. film Twitter uh, it was the hero the, you know it's the Dark Knight thing it's it was the hero now it's the villain um, <laughs> yeah and yeah. but it happened in like three yeah, days yeah that's the speed like, of it jeez um, I I tend to you know as as a white guy not really think of it and also I I don't fucking know I don't you know, you're telling me it's about this hyper specific neighborhood it's about these characters I just sort of usually accept the world as presented. Uh, unless it's something right. that is is documented in a way that this is a true story about these people, and then they you know they they switch the the race to make it more palatable to white audiences, then I'm like, wait a minute, okay, so you made a conscious decision to not portray it as as it actually was. This, you know, a fictionalized version of a specific neighborhood in a specific right. time. I don't know. You're you're getting into sort of odd territory there where. Um, you're you're trying to classify like the I don't know the percentage of the population and how much you're and yeah. some of it comes down to I guess you know the the chemistry the the people are cast the musical ability all of that um, if I didn't know this controversy from Twitter I probably wouldn't have thought of it I would have as we did for the first half hour right. of this conversation I would have just been like well here are my problems with it I'm not a musical guy why did they do this why did they do, why did they do that that sort of thing. Um, it's not to absolve them of, of anything in particular, but, um, you know, I, as I mentioned that our guy here who we both, we both like his known for being like, I don't know, gunman number three in a Liam Neeson movie. That's more of my problem is that this guy is extremely talented. Uh, wise is known for, right. uh, being these like not only secondary, but like characters on the periphery. 
Uh, I would yeah. like for the studio system to be able to produce uh, bigger stars uh, from various backgrounds. Um, unfortunately, yeah. we are all, yeah. uh, you know, there is a pile on factor to this film that not many people saw. <laughs> so it's not the best example yeah. of why didn't they do it this way? Uh, well, they would have been in a movie that uh, no one saw and was a box office disaster. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. And when I was listening to that, because I watched that interview with Rita Moreno, um, and this is, a, you know, one of the most supremely talented artists of a generation. She's got an EGOT, you know, she's got, she's won every award you possibly can. But she is also an actress who I have no doubt has missed out on a lot of roles and a lot mm. of oppor- opportunities mm-hmm. because she's not white. So for her to see a film that is unapologetically Latino mm. and then have people be like, well, still not good enough. I'm sure, <laughs> especially from that generation, she's like, what? Like, I couldn't have imagined Mm, something like this existing when I was at my peak. And now young Latino and Latinas get to see this and be like, yeah, even if this doesn't do well, hey, but that was a major motion picture with a big budget that was focused on us. And that is a big deal. And I feel like that piece is getting lost. Like, I didn't I didn't hear a lot of positivity around like, hey, we're getting this big screen Latino musical. I just heard the backlash. All I heard was, like, from critics, this movie is great, and here's why. And then, like, yeah, but they could have done this better. And there was none of the positivity around around the rest of it. And that is the part that upset me, is, like, backlash, fine. I expect that, especially from film Twitter. But can we have a day or two of, like, hey, but isn't this thing they did great? Because it really is. Because, like, Anthony Ramos in a, you know, a $100 million, $200 million budget movie, even 10 years ago, is unimaginable. So the fact that we have that in 2021, I think, is is a net positive, right? The conversation about colorism is important. I think, like, way back when um, we did, when we were doing podcasts directed by, and we were talking uh, about one of your favorite Spike Lee movies, uh, Jungle Fever, there's a whole discussion about colorism in there. So this is a conversation that needs to be had, and it's important within these cultures. It needs to be had by people within those cultures, not two white guys on a podcast. Thank you so much but for also, introducing like, this topic, Dave. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot to, yes. to throw out there. A white guy, <laughs> yes. not two white guys in Kentucky. <laughs> I can throw you under the yes. bus, too. Yes. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, that conversation needs to be had, but I think the other side of it needs to be had, too, that, like, the creation of this movie and the fact that it got funded is a pretty impressive and a pretty great thing. So that's kind of where I stand on it, is that, like, this is good and we can get better, right? So we're we're making progress in the right direction, but the reaction makes it feel like no progress has been made. I, uh, look, there's more La La Lands coming your way. That's going to be the lesson that's learned. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when people don't go to the theaters, Mike. <laughs> I clicked it on HBO Max. They're struggling there, too. Yeah, you're doing more than Look, most. I actually. went right past The Conjuring, whatever the fuck, and to End the Heights. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm an American hero of some sort. That's right. That's right. Some of us did both, Mike. Some of us went to the theater and press play on HBO Max. So Don't, don't ask too much of me. I will become a villain then. That's true. It's true. Here comes Two Face, just yes. right around the mm-hmm. corner. <laughs> it's a strange origin story for a villain forced to go see in the Heights in theaters. That was it. That was the breaking point. That's All it. Of my emotions feel the same. Feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away. Look away. You're not in my way. You're in my path. Look at that. All of my emotions feel the same. What a laugh. Cover your tattoo. Something cheap and new.
my mouth.